Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. It is an honor and a privilege to be here in the house of the Lord to definitely worship God and, and praise his holy name, but also to minister his word, thanking God and thanking my pastor for always trusting me. I do not take this lightly. I, I find it an honor and a privilege to bring the, forth the word of God. Hallelujah. We've prayed. We've worshiped the Lord. Thank you, Reverend Isaac. That was powerful. And, the, and uh, our ministers, awesome worship time. Praise the Lord. And we're going to enter into the word of God. Now, I have Psalm 128 today. Into his house with fear and in obedience is what I titled this. As we continue speaking about the Psalms that the Israelites sung and, 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 and shared as they walked up into Jerusalem in their march up to the temple to worship God and adore him. And I have Psalm 128. And um, it's a powerful psalm, just like all of the ones that we've been reading from 120 to 134. And I want to read it. I want to start out reading the psalm. Amen. Psalm 128 reads the following. It says, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You will eat the fruit of your labor, blessings, and prosper prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruit vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you live to see your children's children. Peace be on earth. Be, I'm sorry. Peace be on Israel. Amen. On earth also. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to begin speaking about the first part of that verse and really the first word of that verse. And it's the word blessed. When the Bible speaks about blessed, what does the Bible mean? It means a lot of things. Um, blessed is defined as God's favor, his protection, his answer to a prayer. And I wanted to start with this word because sometimes we need to not show you the price of the item and show you how wonderful of the, how wonderful the item is. In business, we, we, we give you all like the benefits of what this um, merger or, or this business uh, partnership will be. And then we settle on the conditions and the... And, and what you would need to do to, to obtain those benefits. Blessed. One of the Hebrew words for blessed is comp composed of three symbols. And they symbolize, and the symbols are a house, tent, and family. That's what the first symbol means. The second symbol um, is, means the head of the household. And back then usually it was the man. And then the third symbol, it's an open palm of one's hand, as in receiving. And in this, uh, this word, this Hebrew word of, of blessed or blessing, 
means to receive an inheritance of value, meaning a house, a family, or land. And it is tied to the blessing that God gave Adam and Eve when all creation was made. And he says, blessed are you and all that I have created. So that's powerful, right? Because when he, God did that, he was talking about all, all authority was given to Adam and Eve, right, to, to rule. So it goes beyond God's favor, his protection. It's one of inheritance. It's one of value. In the, in the New Testament, Jesus spoke a lot about being blessed. And pretty interesting, in, in, in chapter 5 of Matthew 3 through 10, he speaks about how the humble will be blessed, the peacemakers will be blessed, um, the merciful will be blessed. He speaks about those that will be persecuted will be blessed. And it seems like also there's a condition to this blessing, but nonetheless, God, through Jesus Christ, would look out for those that maybe could not look out for themselves. Therefore, understanding that, that, that blessing is important and being blessed is important, is, this is what this psalm is all about. About doing two things and then we'll receive that blessing. The psalm speaks about it. We continue. I'm not going to touch verse 1. Just continuing on verse 2 and, and, and forth. It speaks about blessings of provision. More than wealth or food, but blessings beyond our thoughts. One commentator even speaks about our eternal provision and our eternal blessing. Prosperity, as Pastor Mark described it, I think on Monday, not just or limited to financial prosperity, right? Not the prosperity movement, because we don't believe in that totally, <laughs> right? But living a life that's prosper, that prospers, uh, uh, living a life that, that is happy in spite of everything, a contentment in the way you living and live your life, prosperity. Oh, how many moments uh, 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 of joy have we had in the midst of this pandemic, I know I've had some where I've really been able to feel the joy of the Lord and the presence of God in my life in spite of these times that we are living. The psalm also speaks about family blessings. It says even your children's children will receive the peace, the shalom of God. Hallelujah. Your family will be blessed. That man and I'll get into the man piece in a moment. Um, but that man would receive blessings on his wife, on his children, and his children's children. The shalom, the peace of God, the calmness, but it beyond the calmness, the, the assurance in him. Hallelujah. It says, we will see the blessing. We will be witnesses to that blessing, it says, the psalm speaking. We will see God's blessing. We will see his, his favor upon us, his protection, his prosperity. Hallelujah. And you might say, man, Virginia, you're talking about a whole lot of blessing, but it doesn't seem around us things do not seem blessed. But you see, that's the difference between you and I as believers in the Lord. 
We're not guided by what we see or what we hear at times. We're guided and, and moved by what we hear and see in his word and his promises for us, for you and I. Praise the Lord. You see, and it, it, that verse I want to go to and touch for a minute because it speaks towards a man or that the blessing was going to be for a man. And it speaks about the peace of Israel, right? You see, um, I, I looked at that and, 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 and I was like, okay, where's the women and where are the children and where are the... But then I said, wait a minute. You see, God spoke to the man and, it, and, it, and, and not only the man, it was inclusive because Jesus is inclusive. God is an inclusive God. Because of Jesus and the New Testament, we are included. Hallelujah. Every man, every woman, every Jew and every Gentile, meaning every nation, no matter what color, what creed, people have access to the blessing of God today. If we would turn to him and enter into a relationship through Jesus Christ, we have now been grafted into his family. It says we are sons and daughters of God. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. So I wasn't bothered afterwards. I accept it. I understand it. You see, these blessings are a benefit for you and for me today, tomorrow, and the next day. We need to hold on to these blessings. Yet, these blessings are very tied in to the first two things that I want to speak about coming up now. I shared the blessing or, or, the, or, the, or the being blessed first because if you know what you will obtain first, it might be easier to carry out the conditions. I don't know about you, but these conditions for me are difficult. I will get into them in a minute. You see, past and current situations have caused great anxiety the days that we're living in. I have seen it. I have felt anxiety because of all that has gone on. We all probably at a moment. But there's people that have been very fearful, and it's understandable. The definition of fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. You see, when we, when we, fear, when we are fearful, we either can fight it or flight or we leave it, or we run. And this response is, is one of um, in the, a physiological one that also involves the emotions. And that's a good thing. We need this when we're afraid and when we're, we're anxious. But yet, it cannot stop us or paralyze us, this human fear I am speaking about. Yet when our response to fear is paralyzing and stops us, um, stops us where we are non-functional, and then after that, we're no good to no one. We're not good to ourselves, and we're not good to others. Yet today, I want to recognize that fear. I want to recognize that human anxiety. Because like you, maybe us, myself included, we have gone through it. We have felt the fear. We have lived in these past moments difficulty causing emotional feelings, including grief, anxiety, and a lot of fear. So we must deal and confront this process, what has happened and, and where, we, where we are and where we're going. 
And I promise you that we will be available as, as a church and as pastors and leadership to walk alongside of you with some of these issues. I promise you that. Yet today, I want to move away from that fear. And I want to focus on another type of fear. Today, I want to talk to you about the two conditions that are necessary for us to receive all those blessings that this psalm speaks about. And the ones that I just finished talking about. If we pay attention to these two conditions, we will have them, we will have them and, and benefit and we will benefit from them. And the amazing blessings that we've spoke about as we enter into the house of the Lord once again, we will be benefactors of these blessings. But we must do two things. Like I shared before, they're not easy. I want to speak to you first about fear, and I want to speak to you about obedience. Verse 1 says, blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to him. You see, this biblical fear, so we're leaving that other fear, the, the human fear, and we're going to substitute it. We're going to process, I remember, my, we're going to walk through that process, and we're going to take on the fear of the Lord. You see, this type of fear is in the Bible over hundreds of times in Scripture. And the fear of the Lord in a biblical manner is not about being afraid of God like he's going to hurt me or he's going to um, strike me down. We think about that sometimes like that. I know I have in the past because our theology is sometimes warped. We become afraid of, oh, the God that's going to get us. Yet it should be that when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, all earthly fear is pushed out. And this new fear unto God, is, 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 it bubbles up in our lives. You see, love throws out all that negative fear. There, in 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fear, fears is not made perfect in love. So now I can take that earthly fear and substitute it because of my relationship with Jesus. And now I can substitute it for this fear unto God. Now, like I said, this fear is obtained when we understand the character of God. You see, when we understand his math, his matchless power as creator of all, as the all-powerful, he continues, we need to understand that he continues to exercise that power still over all humanity in spite of what we see. You see, when we fear the Lord... In that biblical fear, that godly fear unto him, we understand that he is still in control. You see, not the virus, not the situation that's happening, not the budget cuts or this or that or the lack of or not. He is in control. We need to realize that he is holy. That we serve a mighty God, yes, powerful creator, but he's a holy God, a pure God, a perfect God. 
a, a God that is separated from sin and so thus he asks that from us, that we be separated from sin. When we see him manifest his power, especially when we experience his blessing and forgiveness unto us, we've got to say, wow, what a powerful God. And we got to fear that God because he has blessed me and blesses me and forgives me. Not to destroy me, but to uplift me. And make me and you into the men and the women of God that he would want us to be. You see, when we understand that he rules, when we understand that he's a just God, you see, when we understand that he is a God of love, beyond what we understand, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand a little bit, and then we internalize that, then we become fearful of God and we say, wow, we serve a powerful God. We'll walk into the temple with amazement and wonder, not focusing on what has happened, not focusing on distractions like a phone or a messenger. Oh, we'll walk into the house of the Lord with joy in our hearts, with, with an attitude of thanksgiving and an attitude of, of giving him the glory and the honor, an attitude of humbleness because we fear God because he is in his temple. You see, the Jewish people ascended walking into, into Jerusalem, into the temple of God with joy. With awe of the wonderful God that they served. You see, this fear of the Lord is going to move us to our next condition. Or our next uh, 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 thing that we need to do. Which is obedience. But not only will we have a deep respect and reverence and an awe. Wow. This, 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 this mix between fear and wonder. This fear and wonder will help us then obey him. Hallelujah. So the second thing I want to talk about is all these blessings that are there for us to grab. The condition that, that it, the only thing we need to do is to fear God. But the second thing we must do is we must obey. You see, biblical obedience speaks about that concept of in the Old Testament that relates to hearing and doing what the higher authority has asked us to do. What God has asked us to do is what we're going to do because we want to obey. One of the Greek terms for obedience conveys the idea of positioning oneself under someone by submitting to their authority and command. I shared that these two things are a little hard. And, and, and when I was little, I was called very, um, it's a Spanish word, I won't say it. But, you know, it, it was really rebellious and disobedient. And my mother told me that all the time. And I think with God, I kind of do the same thing. Because he's telling me to go that way. And I'm like, Lord, but do I really have to? There's another way. <laughs> oh, but the love of God. 
the love of God. And when we realize the, the, the powerful God that we serve, yeah, we might fight him and it's okay. He understands. But we come back and say, okay, Lord, I surrender. I'll do it. Another Greek word for obey in the New Testament means to trust. You see, it's easy for me to obey my God because I trust him. Biblical obedience to God means that you hear, you trust, and you submit and you surrender to God and his word. Not easy, but it's doable. So why should we obey him? It is an act of worship, Romans 12, 1. And he, and, and he is love over you, and he is love, and he loves you. So we, we surrender to him everything. We give him all. We worship him. As, 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 we obey him as an act of thanksgiving for what he's done for us. We obey him because we've understood that when you, you, when you love somebody, you obey them. Okay, mommy, I'm going to do what you want me to do. (laughs) Oh, we obey because he is telling us, um, he's telling us to do so and asking us to obey him. We obey him because obedience is better than sacrifice. How does it profit me that I give him everything, that I serve in this house, and I don't do what he really wants me to do? Because sometimes we do a whole lot of things. And back in, in, in the Old Testament, remember, they used to give these sacrifices and bring sacrifices. But sometimes their hearts were so far away. First Samuel 15, 22 and 23, King Saul. Right? He, he, he gave all the sacrifices. Oh, but God told him to do something and he disobeyed. So he wants obedience. We obey because disobedience and rebellion will have consequences. It will, it will lead us to sin. It will lead us to death. Romans 5, 5, Romans 5 19, 1 Corinthians 15, 22. We obey in order to be an example to others. 1 Timothy 4, 12, and Paul spoke a lot about that. We obey because there is a blessing and a reward attached to our obedience. We will live holy lives, 2 Corinthians 7.1. And like I shared, prosperity, prosperity for my family, protection. Not only for my children, but for my children's children. Hallelujah. There are many reasons why we should obey God and obey his word. And we might say, but, but what, how do I know that I'm obeying? How, he, how does he talk to me? A lot of people tell me that or ask me that. But I don't hear God. He doesn't speak to me. <laughs> Open your Bible. Open your Bible. We're waiting for God to reveal himself these miraculous things and great things. But we can't even follow One of the things that he's telling us to do, like, love your neighbor. Like, give time of yourself to others. Like, that person's in need. Go give them $15. We 
want these great things, but we fail God in the small. And all he's asking from us is to obey him. You see, we'll be entering to this, into this temple, into this church, and there are rules and regulations that we're going to need to follow. We're going to have to wear a mask. We're going to have to keep washing our hands, and we've got sanitizers all around us. We have to stay away from each other and maybe greet each other and, and just greet each other and say hello from afar. We're going to have to follow rules and regulations. Are we going to be obedient? You see, being obedient is, is in my devotion unto him. In my reading my, the word, in my praying, in my seeking him. My service unto him. God, what would you have me do? And a lot of people say, well, he's never told me what to do. <laughs> Open your eyes. Look at the need right in front of you. That's what he wants you to do. Obedience. Obedience. Commitment to him. And trying to do what he has told us through his word and what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. We say, I want him to talk to me and I want to hear something. Be still. Listen to him inside of you. He's talking to you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and is telling you something, I'm sure, on a daily basis. We're just too busy to hear him. Therefore, if we fear the Lord in this holy fear, if we obey him, the blessings that I shared, the prosperity, the fruit of my labor will be blessed. My prosperity will be mine. It says his, your family will be, will be fruitful. And that in, in, in involves the family will be fruitful. My family will be fruitful. My children will be like olive shoots that prosper, that we're proud of. Hallelujah. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. And then it speaks about the blessing unto Jerusalem and the peace of God over that city because that's, that's where they were going. So we pray today for God's peace upon this house, Primitive Christian Church. And we pray for the prosperity of this house, Primitive Christian Church. If we were to be obedient and fear him, these will come to pass. Hallelujah. We will receive. We will receive. Or at least even if we try, he understands where you're at. Our lives will receive abundant blessing as we proceed and follow the procession into the house of the Lord in holy fear and in obedience to God. Look how the message reads, Psalm 128. It says, all you who fear God, how blessed you are. How happily you walk on this smooth, straight road. You worked hard and deserve all you've, you've got coming. Enjoy the blessing. Revel in, his, in the goodness. Your wife will bear children as a wine bears grapes. 
your household lush as a vineyard, the children around your table as fresh and promising as young olive shoots. Stand in awe of God's yes. Oh, how he blessed the one who fears God. Enjoy the good life in Jerusalem every day of your life and enjoy your grandchildren. Peace to Israel. Let's fear the, the God that we serve. Let's be obedient because we will be blessed. We will enjoy life. And as we've been told many times in this house, the best is yet to come. God bless you.